0: Hello, OpStars. I'm Ashley, producer at the OpStars podcast. We hope you'll join
1: us and the rest of the community at the seventh annual OpStars conference on September 21st and 22nd in San Francisco during Dreamforce. We've been virtual the last two years, but we are so excited to be back in person at the San Francisco Mint this year. Go to ops-stars.com to find out more about the speakers, sessions, and click on register now to join us. And by the way, it's free. I hope to see you there. they all have people on that coalition that are from different groups that have their own initiatives and own goals, but they'll get together with the common goal that's everlasting. Like that's just a goal for a really long time. And for these growth stage companies, you are going to have a set like certain goals that you have that you need work consistently.
0: Welcome to the OpStars Podcast. We host authentic conversations with revenue operations professionals running the show behind the scenes, holding things together, doing whatever it takes to innovate to solve problems, build processes, and manage the data to build a modern revenue engine that powers a great buyer experience. I'm your host, Rachel McBrarity. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Rachel McBrarity. I've been talking to guests about one of my favorite topics, which is revenue operations enabling the customer experience. Today's episode, we're going to discuss the role of marketing operations, how they can play a role in operationalizing CX. And I can't think of a better person to tackle this topic with me than my guest, Chrissy Saunders. So, welcome, Chrissy. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Chrissy is the founder of CS2, a B2B SaaS marketing agency with over a decade of experience in marketing operations and demand gen. CS2 helps organizations with their strategy, execution, and reporting to make their marketing tactics and processes more effective to help uh, their companies drive revenue growth for your clients. So how do we optimize those marketing and marketing processes? She's also the co-founder of an amazing organization, a not-for-profit called Women in Revenue. I uh, mean, Chrissy is a very active contributor in supporting the operations community. She has her own podcast, The Forward Thinking Podcast, which I strongly encourage you to subscribe to. I've listened to a ton of episodes. It's just packed with great information for anybody in, in marketing operations. Um, and she also shares her perspective on LinkedIn through CS2 newsletters, which you can find off their website. And I'm super excited today to talk about this topic because Chrissy's also been an active contributor in supporting uh, UpStars presenting uh, for the past few years as well as doing some fantastic workshops which are always super popular and so today we're going to dig in a little bit to a topic that she did cover in this past op stars which is going from good to great three differentiators for forward-thinking mops leaders christy i know you outlined three different differentiators one was enhancing working with product mops the second was developing an analytics framework but today what i really want to kind of dig into a little bit more is the third differentiator, which is owning the customer experience. But before we kind of get into that and some of my questions for you around that, I would love to
1: hear just a little bit about your career. I think like any MOPs part or like a lot of MOPs people we we chat to, I kind of fell into marketing operations. It's not really something that you go to school for, but I was lucky enough in Uh, Right out of college, I got a job as an intern, actually, because 2010 was not the best time to get a full-time job as a graduate. Uh, I was just coming off of a recession, and so I was looking, I moved back to San Jose, California, which is where I was from, and I had dreams of like doing marketing for, I don't know, a food company because that was like something I concentrated in in uh, school at Cal Poly, but I found, okay, well, it looks like tech is the way to go. So I got the internship at Marketo, and I would never really looked back. I was just so like obsessed with everything in marketing. I did everything there that I could put my hands on. And one of the areas, surprisingly, that where there was a gap on the team was on the marketing operations side, which doing marketing operations for a marketing automation company does have its challenges because you're held to a certain standard. but It was also very exciting because everyone knew the importance of the job. So that was a great experience there. And I got to do a lot early on. I worked really hard there, but it was also just a great environment. Like any growing startup, you just, you know, you can learn so much. And then beyond that, I went to a few other companies where I led uh, global operations teams, as well as building out demand gen, as well as operations Uh, revenue operations at another job and I decided that I wanted to then start my own agency but at the time had just married my husband now Charlie who's my co-founder and we both lived apart he was in England and I was in the U.S. and we just decided that you know by the time he moved over we wanted to start a business together and six and a half years later now we support some of the leading B2B uh, tech companies in the Bay Area, but also like across the globe, to support them through their marketing operations transformations. Because there's been a lot that's happened even since when I first started, and we help them tackle their their biggest problems, but also give them support to create a method that really works to prioritize their projects in in a time where everything feels chaotic.
0: Yeah, let's. Well, Fantastic! You're able to parlay everything you learned across all those touch points into a into the into your startup. But I understand too that CS2 you do help with process and initiatives. But I've also heard from some of your customers who are our customers that even just having you there for perspective is super helpful for folks in in MOPS because there's so much coming at you in the role. Like just ha- being able to reach out for you for sort of advice and perspective. Do you find yeah, that also I, the case, like just sort of being someone that's there for them?
1: Definitely. It's actually one of the things that I love most about the job, I, I think, and why we started CS2. I felt like we wanted to take a different approach to how an agency supports the company. I was always overwhelmed and overworked. And I was told, oh, here's, here's you know, some budget. This company is going to help you with you know, lead scoring or something because I needed to get something off my plate. And it was always like a pretty big project, pretty expensive, but also it would take a long time. And I never really got to d- talk about it with the people working on the project. So with CS2, we take a little bit of a different approach where we have our consultants or our client leads work directly with the client who does a majority of the work and, and support and can answer their questions even like on the spot during their weekly calls. But then we have a experts that we also pull in for things like um, analytics projects or more solutions architecture but really like we take a frontline approach to to, yeah just answering their questions chatting through things and you know sometimes we do act as part therapists we know there's a lot that goes on with the role there's a lot of pressures a lot of things to do and so we help act as guidance because a lot of times you know, these marketing ops folks, they also maybe don't report into someone who has, who really like has done the job, you know, there's still that gap in that leadership of people who have done the job in the company. And so we'll kind of act as that pseudo leadership for them too.
0: I think the thinking that you do around guiding the, the strategies, obviously, you've got to be thinking ahead in order to be that strategic advisor just why I'm excited to talk to you about this topic, because I think you're a couple steps ahead maybe of the general market. I know there's a lot of discussions around revenue operations taking on the position of leading CX, but your perspective is that this is really a huge opportunity for folks in marketing operations, for for MOPS leaders, that they probably are best positioned to effectively lead it. So I'd love to just hear from you first of all, maybe just a little bit of a, how do you define the customer experience? What are we talking about? But then why do you think that it is a key area of differentiation for MOPS and something they should really lean into?
1: Yeah. But, you know, I think with the, the way that buyers are, I know we talk about this all the time. It's like digital first right now and COVID really you know, emphasize that if there's anything that put a exclamation point on that, it was COVID and everything Then was a digital touch point. And really the customer journey starts from the moment that prospect hits like your website or, you know, a piece of content of yours or, or, you know, while they're a prospect really, because the way that they're treated as a prospect or what that journey looks like often will get perceived as like, what it would be like once they're a customer and so the way that I view it is like that's the customer journey and yes now we have these like in-person touch points but it's we're very much away from the time of you know going to a big trade show shopping around meeting people and then selecting a vendor it's all been pushed online with you know doing a lot of that research, getting word of mouth, going to Slack channels, talking to people about technology, doing the research ourselves based on a pain point. And then by the time we're ready, requesting to get contacted with sales and then, or even starting a free trial and starting to use the product as a free new user. And so that customer journey then continues to go throughout when you're a current customer, you're in your product, you are listed as a customer and customer marketing is reaching out to you and beyond. And there's upsell opportunities. So it's, you know, but a lot of that is all supported digitally. And the one team that really has their hands on the data and the systems we use to communicate to our prospects and customers is marketing ops. And you'll see a lot of those tools being handed over to them, even if it's a sales engagement platform, which is typically looked at as a sales tool, but really marketing also end up leading the strategy for it. But also we're working more cross-functionally with different groups across the company that touch the team, like the product team, like a CS team, who also need to communicate with the buyers. So marketing kind of sits in the middle. Marketing ops kind of sits in the middle of that. And even separately through other marketing departments, which maybe support one one stakeholder or one group, marketing ops touch all, touches all of it. So that's why I think it's prime and ripe for them to take a role in leading this journey.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think the two things, knowing those buyers, because you you need to know those buyers in order to attract them and take them down the right initial journey um, and then can help that continued communications. But also, like you said, the the technology that allows that digital interaction, because I think customers aren't just expecting personalized buying experiences, they're expecting personalized experiences with all their interactions. And they kind of expect it almost to be real time and personalized. So I think that mindset and capability doesn't stop when they become a customer. I agree, there's high expectations digitally everywhere. So that really resonates with me makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think to give perspective on this too, like there's, there's kind of a lack of delineation between what a buyer is doing in their real life. Like people have access to like go buy their dinner in minutes and we are so spoiled and is, you know, expect this immediate responses that are tailored to us, know what we want. And B2C is much more advanced in that way, but B2, B2B are taking note and changing the way that they connect with their buyers and trying to make it more personalized, but also trying to make it faster and more efficient because they know that they like buyers expect that immediate response. Yeah, and, and customers
0: don't necessarily respect our nice, neat channels. If we have a chat bot, they might chat us. It might be a customer chatting about a question they have. It's not just the buyers. So it kind of all needs yeah, to be orchestrated that. centrally, right? Because they're just connecting with the company. So you need that operations behind the scenes to say, hey, that person really needs to go to somebody who's on the accounts side or the customer side, right? CSM or an account manager. And it really does become orchestrating in all those touch points. So coordinating and orchestrating across all these touch points, what does that then mean for changes in marketing ops? What are your thoughts on, you know, what are the new capabilities or org structures that they might need to put in place to to play this role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we need to kind of be realistic, too, on the organization. But you mentioned, you know, RevOps teams. And normally, there's a marketing ops person under a RevOps team. And the I think the, the reason why people are moving toward more of a RevOps function is because then they can, like, centralize some of the operations, but also just create alignment. And so... Even beyond just having a RevOps team, if we just focus on the marketing operations team itself, I think that the a shift is kind of that that team, like I said, like has many stakeholders and does support the like different groups that touch the prospect and customer. And I think some of the more like, for lack of better words, forward-thinking marketing operations teams are taking note of that and then organizing or having a more, someone who takes more of a leadership role of really defining it, orchestrating it, and documenting it. And But there's still some work to be done. And I think that also means that an organization might need to look at it, see, like, what resources do they have? Do we have enough resources? Like, this could even be one person's job because there's a lot that should be orchestrated. But even if it's just one team, I think it comes down to first figuring out what And maybe even start with like one one of those buyers journeys, but you need to start with first getting a sense of lay land, like documenting it and also figuring out ways to improve it. And then putting maybe some like team coalitions or groups of people against that based on whatever your expected outcomes are. Because a lot of the times, yeah, maybe you don't have like it's a lot to take on for all of it. Maybe that's a bit more complex, but it could be instead of, you know, first defining and documenting what's currently in the but then picking apart, okay, what's our most important buyer customer journey maybe, and then what's our like most important outcome from that. So for a lot of our clients that's like focusing medium, I'll give two examples of areas, but one of them is like a, their speed to lead process. So a person comes to their website, they fill out a form to get re- like a, a demo, and then get connected to an SDR or salesperson to do that. And so there's a lot that could go into this. You even mentioned yourself there's a drift bot sometimes, or there's a chat bot that can pop up. You could have a form, you could have maybe some questions on that form that then define like where you'd get routed to. There's an autoresponder, or someone might reach out to you right away. You might go into an outreach or a sales block cadence. So how you get routed like via lean data and how fast that happens, you know that is all part of the operations just for that one process and if there's ever a breakdown from the you know data standpoint or process standpoint, that could be revenue lost because like if that doesn't make it to the right person or if it happens in an ineffective way or you don't have the systems even like route it properly that can be just like money left on the table because your competitor will likely have it maybe nailed down. And so when that happens, the shift in the buyer's head is, Oh, if this is how I'm treated as a prospect, if I'm like, if I'm not getting reached out to you three days until three days later, what does that mean from like a customer perspective? Like, are they going to care? How, how fast are people going to respond back to me? So that, that's like one area where I think you could focus because I want to be pretty realistic with the team here. Marketing ops teams all the time are not fully staffed. they can be pretty understaffed. And so it might be kind of addressing what are our main customer journeys? And then including like, you know, how are people being nurtured? When did, are people reaching out to via, you know, sales engagement platforms? Are there any other tools that are touching the buyer? And just like mapping all of that out even if uh, you know from a systems and process perspective, is another thing I would suggest for marketing ops team to do, and to really set like ownership or or some key projects based on outcomes for that, because there's like I said, a lot you can do.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's the the sort of the notion of the magic moments or those key points in the journey. If you can identify those right for your organization, because you know that those are the ones that matter most from the customer, because that's what keeps them in the you know, keeps them in the relationship. So I think that is super important if you can identify those. And you said, you got to look from their perspective. Uh, I always love the example of, yeah, if I fill in a form and want a demo, I'm probably pretty far down the road in making a decision. So get back to me right away, maybe while I'm still sitting at my computer, and I can book that demo. Or like, if I'm yeah. downloading in a white paper, I really don't want to hear from you in five minutes, I didn't even read it. Like, it's that buyer perspective, right, that you're orchestrating. So as you're thinking about all of those interactions, it's from their perspective because it's expectations. So it's not always just the response time needs to be dialed kind of into what they expect. And it can be different for different brands. That time frame can be different too, not just the moment. So yeah, I think that's yeah. where having that marketing mindset of that experience makes makes a lot of sense and building back from that as a desired outcome.
1: Yeah. One thing too that I think I think there's a lot right now that can kind of get onto a marketing ops team's plate. And I think when you are focusing on the customer experience, it can also help you prioritize that. Like, you know, when we're prioritizing projects based on like what's best for that customer experience, especially for growth stage companies, and I'll say like that's you know, series C, D, or, you know, pre-IPO, even like a little bit post-IPO, those like really high growth companies, that customer experience is key. Like they have lofty expectations, lofty goals. And a lot of, it, a lot of times that means a lot of stuff to do. But when you focus on the customer experience, it means you're working in the right places. And so this is kind of a shift that, the like of a mindset that you need to do. But it, I think in order to combat that or maybe to get everyone on board, is just like creating that alignment between the team. So like like I said, when you're doing the documentation to figure out all the systems and people touching the buyer, like really, you know, creating a relationship with those people and creating alignment. And you're almost even acting as that central person who can now create alignment because you're doing all this work to figure out how everyone's strategies are playing a role with each other. But also finding an executive level, like support is really great. So like if the CMO, if they're really on board and they can support your group to do this so that you can actually get that cross-functional those cross functional people working together with that support and then tying all of the goals back to our business objectives. So like I said like a growth a growth stage company like it's likely that they're already focused on the customer the customer experience is one of the business goals or driving revenue which of course if the customer experience is key it's going to drive you know it's nailed down and it it's flawless it's going to drive revenue or you know more revenue or even just alignment. So but being able to tie back like this initiative of focusing on the customer experience back to what are your business objectives is another way that you can get support to drive it forward. Right,
0: so if you could find that, that point in the process where you know, you're going to be able to improve the conversion, right. And improve the, yeah. the customer taking that next step. If you identify that area, that's sort of the, the starting point of focus. And then you, you have mentioned now a few times that sort of a team coalition to oversee execution So tell me about that. Is that within the marketing organization or more, are you thinking more cross-functionally? Like, what does that end up looking like?
1: Yeah, we, so we actually just did a podcast on this, like one of our Mops and Tons. I don't think it's out yet, but if anyone's listening, it might be out by then. But we, team coalitions to us, like in our product Mops method, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but essentially the way that we suggest MOPs people work is to adopt a method where you're almost treating like your, those projects that you do like products the same way a product team would. And where you have a roadmap, you do documentation, you have more of an iterative approach. And part of that is also team coalitions, which I think is super important. So when we think about a coalition, it's a little bit different than a team. A team will sometimes get together, and give updates to each other, and then disperse. Or they'll get together for one project for a short period of time, execute on it, and then disperse. A coalition is really a group of people that could be from different groups. And in this case, I would say it would be from a key stakeholder from different groups that have a stake in the customer experience. And so that could be in the SDR manager, a sales representative, someone from CF, maybe even someone from product, especially if you have like a freemium our PLG model and someone from demand gen customer marketing. So a few people from marketing too, but a, a coalition has people from those tech groups that are then meeting together to really progress projects that are going to support an overall goal. So if the overall goal is to improve the customer experience, they're always going to then be working on these individual projects that so help support that. So Charlie, my co-founder, he used the example for a coalition and say the whole goal is for you know clean energy. They all have people on that coalition that are from different groups that have their own initiatives and own goals, but they'll get together with the common goal that's everlasting. Like that's just a goal for a really long time. And for these growth stage uh, companies, you are going to have a set like certain goals that you have that you need work consistently toward it can't just be like a one-off thing that you do It needs to be something that you're constantly measuring you're constantly working on projects toward improving it you're you know you're then looking at those outcomes and you're building features to support those outcomes and so that's to us the difference between a coalition it's a bit more long-lasting it means like longer lasting alignment and it's less focused on just projects and it also means that everyone like is bought in so instead of being like we have outreach now or we have sales off now. Okay. Now everyone get together and start working on it. That can cause like conflict. It can delay a project. Some people are not on the same page, but when this group is already used to working together and they get bought in on the projects that they're working on, you can actually see just, you know, more growth, more stuff being, you know, more work being done toward that common goal.
0: I really liked you likening it to a product roadmap and the notion of having sort of ongoing areas that you want to develop based on input and feedback that helped clarify for me what you're talking about. So it's more of a sort of like a permanent function. You're continually evolving. The work never really ends because you're just constantly looking at how do you improve your product slash experience. So then you can have your yeah. coalition members, you can bring probably bring in different team members to do different projects, but you still have that broader roadmap that you all are working against. And too, I just kind of have to laugh because I know when a project's come up and they're deemed top initiatives, it's funny how everybody, especially in small companies, you all swarm to get that done. At least having a roadmap with multiple things, you kind of (laughs) can kind of level it out and have a cadence to it. So it makes a lot of sense. And you, know, you could certainly see marketing ops, sort of, you know, being that prime coordinator and even helping to prioritize. Like you said, it's all in service of improvements to drive revenue. So it makes sense it's sitting, sitting in a revenue team. Being okay. in, you know, CX for a long time is one of the things that I think is really great. Let's call it an innovation or at least a epiphany that organizations have had to say we do need operations in service of the customer experience because as a most of the folks that come into the customer experience, really designing that interaction. But the operations side is not really part of the core capability of most folks that have traditionally been in the CX role. Like you do the journey design, but you can put a great journey design out there, but if there's no one to make it real, it's just a nice journey map. And there's so much around, you do journey maps and they'll hang on the wall. So I love the evolution of the operations picking up and, and really to say sort of helping to build all those processes and capabilities to really make that something that you can scale and grow in a much more sophisticated way. And I think you're right. COVID has really made it very obvious between those that had started to do this and those that didn't, who could turn it up. So
1: I think that outbound is really tough right now, to be honest, like, you know, trying to connect with your buyers, you know, cold or get to like penetrate accounts. be really tough and so but once you do try and you get connected like that it's like once you have their attention you need to capitalize on it and it's and if you're able to just increase your conversion rate from inbound that can make up for some of the like pipeline or revenue that you would have needed outbound that people are really struggling with right now i'm not saying everyone's struggling with it but it's tough like no one's at their co- at their office anymore. They're at their home. Like, how do you get connected with them? Some of our things that we used to lean on, like uh, like in person events, which are coming back, but you know, slow, and some people aren't as you know willing to like sign up for something unless it's like a really like small event. And then you know, dr- even direct mail that's gone more digital. But I think cat- like really focusing on improving that experience will make sure that. It's a, a safeguard for like not losing out on any pipeline or any revenue that you would have. And also making sure that once you do from your outbound or ABM efforts, like once you do capture their interest, that that experience is stellar so that you can ensure that you'll generate pipeline.
0: And if you can get the processes in place and know those those metrics, then then you have opportunity to figure out how to improve them, which is then a game changer, too, because you haven't been measuring it and don't have those mechanisms in place it's hard to hard to be able to tweak them and everything you can do more at the top of funnel obviously flows flows down so yeah it makes sense to have those all intentionally designed and then then managed by a team that operations i think you do think in a mindset of constant improvement against those points
1: And honestly, like Rachel, I think that a lot of MOTS people don't think in that idea of like iterating. I think we like to think of ourselves as doing that. But I think, you know, when our focuses are shift from different places back and forth, or we don't have an overall like common thing that we're working on, we don't go back and look at how something can be improved because there's just something new on the list. And so when I think the experience of customer experience that's changing, every group is trying to slap on their own strategy and initiative. It's something we all, we need to keep like fully documented, fully like, you know, mapped out, like making sure that now Mops is more of a, also like an air traffic controller. Like uh, we've done some uh, exercises with some of our current clients, even on just one part of their journey. And they were just shocked at like, how many communication we're just looking at email and calls and so on but just like to one of their buyers and it was a freemium uh customer so someone who's like signed up for a freemium product and there was lack of visibility and all the teams had their were working in their different functions and it's because no one was really like owning it but also like in the lack of alignment and so it was an eye-opening experience for that team to then see oh this is what's happening we have all these different groups touching this fire it's also really confusing it's conflicting they're also maybe getting over or they're getting communicated too early I think we were chatting about this in our intro call but you said you know there's there's also with communication there's like the t- timeliness like we've been talking about like how fast you can get it But also there's like the relevance, like matching the, like the experience to the buyer's expectations and that they figured out wasn't the case, (laughs) you know, there, so they had a map out, like we said, okay, well, let's map out some milestones and then map the journey. And then also map out where these communications are coming from across the board and who owns that. And everyone can work in symphony with each other like it's almost like you're building a you know a music sheet like you can't have everyone just like playing over each other it needs to actually make sense when it's all together so but taking an iterative approach or having like this goal of the customer experience that's something you're constantly working toward constantly improving constantly documenting is makes it so that like you would catch some of that you know you'd you'd see where there would be inconsistency and also you can say no or you can advise the different groups where maybe their strategy needs to change and that's great for an ops person now because now they're in viewed as more as a strategic leader rather than just this person pushing buttons or getting what everyone needs out the door you're really acting in, in more of an elevated role at that point
0: no, I think it goes back to you saying it's really tying to an outcome, bringing that coalition or those teams together for that outcome. So in the case of freemium, the outcome would be you obviously want to convert them. So if all your communications touch points and guidance aren't converting folks, then it's not working. So yeah, if you can you can play that role to say, hey, our job is to to move them from a freemium to a paid customer, everything should be in service of that, right? That helps you focus. And then you you do show up in the room going, here's what we're failing to do in order to get that conversion. I think that's a very different conversation to be leading.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing with MOPS, too, why they're in a, a role for this is like when coming up with those or thinking about those outcomes, like they have access or they can view into like, both uh, kinds of users. So we call them um, at CSU I use and E So like you have your internal users, which are like the you know demand gen, customer marketing, SDR. Like you have people that are like part of the processes that you're building, where they make sense and they're they're you know potentially calling or emailing and uh, the prospect or they're you know there's some part of their strategy. And then there's the external users, which is your customer, your prospect, and marketing ops have visibility into both, but they're building processes to both for both both. And so, like, the we'll take example of uh, again the speed to lead or say it's from a a drift bot. Well, marketing ops helps build or orchestrate what the experience looks like from the front end for the customer, but also they're dictating back to the internal customer. Okay, this is how you would approach it, and this is what happens next, and. Optimizing it so that it's routed properly to the right person, and they know, you know, how to follow up, and which target account it's from, and so forth. And so, really, all these processes include include both of those. But when it comes to I use too, and with uh, also creating those relationships to your key stakeholders, you can come up with those outcomes through a lot of different things, like surveying them, or even these coalitions getting together and talking about like what the main pain points are, and then. Also their business objectives, like you said, and then deciding, okay, maybe it is to increase our conversion, rate, You know, from premium customer to paid customer and tracking that, but it could be other things like, you know, improving your velocity or, you know, there's different measurements that you can look at based on whatever that uh, pain point or something that you uncovered from surveying your internal users too.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I love the notion of the, the IU versus EU. I would think that in uncovering and understanding both sides, it also opens up opportunity to think about what can be automated. Cause sometimes the marketing operations ends up being a little bit of the sort of duct tape between and helping get things done. But if you can look at it and design it, you could probably find ways to automate the repetitive things. And that would also free up your time.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Like that and and that's another key takeaway here, I think, for lots of people is, you know, this being a, a big focus and you have key projects that you're working against, like figuring out what are all the other things taking up your time that could take you from being a strategic leader to do this and automating it or pushing it to something like a resource that that but you can really focus. But the, the automation is key because if, it just takes a little bit of time uh, to think through. But there are cases where you can maybe just automate those parts that are manual. And you'd be surprised how many orgs are doing some manual things that really could be automated if they just took the time. And sometimes those orgs also just get into habits of doing things a certain way and getting into a more tactical manner. And so it could really be like the initial start to this is just focusing on adopting more of a strategic uh, roadmap, and then where some of those processes can be moved into automation, or just not really done at all. Like there could be things where you maybe can let go by the wayside, or they get reprioritized based on like your new prioritization model. And so we have a lot on on that, like on our on our, you know, podcast where we talk about product mops or like using a roadmap. Uh, We have a few episodes on roadmap. And so if anyone's interested in diving deeper into that, you can go check those out.
0: Thank you. No, terrific.
1: Great. I have a couple questions
0: for you in close. If you don't have anything else you want to sort of add as advice on, on CX for mops.
1: Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that's good. I think my last, my, I think my, piece of advice just for like some things to just like consider is just like I said really focusing on maybe do more of the education piece finding executive level buy-in and also like if you're just interested like what does my customer journey look like today just start mapping it out like that's your first step just start to like map out the systems the processes like what communications are going out and then maybe start like surveying or get like some start meeting with your stakeholders to get a sense for what their priorities are and then how that um, is part of the customer journey and all of that will give you some really great data to figure out a plan that you can present to your CMO to really take this on as a as an initiative for your team
0: I like the advice that you can just start with some of those processes and it really helps to break it down and demystify it a little bit right like you know the core things you're enabling so start mapping those processes and You'll probably quickly see, a, have that that map and figure out where you can sort of lean in and focus. And also, right, getting the feedback, right, getting feedback from customers and from internals. Mm-hmm. Don't don't guess at what needs to be done because you know, like you said you'll you'll uncover a lot by getting their their insights and feedback. And then I think yeah, that executive sponsorship for sure. You know, we all know that uh, you can only get so far if there isn't going to be support, especially if you want to put a coalition together. Oh. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, just a couple of uh, questions in closing. I was curious. What advice might you give someone who's just starting out in in a MOPS role, or wants to get into the MOPS role?
1: Yeah. I think. Well, there's a few things. If you're already like in your career and you want to get into a MOPS role, I would definitely check out some. uh, Well, one there's an organization called Highway Education that actually does courses that to help train you in marketing operations. We recently just hired two people from their program. And I'm excited what they're doing, because this isn't a a function or a role that you learn about in school, maybe now a little bit, but very rare. And so they'll help uh, deliver the like the kind of the foundation for you just within that course. Now, a lot of people don't have the flexibility to do that, to just go and take a three month long course and then take a break from working. So, but what I, I would suggest for those who are just getting out and interested in marketing ops is, you know, find like a bigger organization or because you don't want to be the only person working in that role. Like just starting out, it can be really tricky and hard. You might not be set up for success. So finding a bigger company where you have a mentor or even a group of people that you're working with, I think is key. And also knowing that in this role, it's really good to just be a sponge to just like learn. Even when I was at Marketo, people were like, wow, you were at Marketo. That means like they just taught you everything. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was actually the opposite. I was so busy. I would just like spend my time on my Sundays, watching university videos, teaching myself Marketo, then going to, you know, into work and getting people to like check what I did and see if it was okay. And I was always just so interested too, in just all of marketing, like not just marketing ops. I wanted to understand like, how do all those pieces fit together? And I do think that having that mindset of like, how does the whole picture work? And we're talking about that today. What's a differentiator for a marketing ops person? Someone who understands that, understands like, how is a business going to work? What does that picture, big picture look like? I think is super important. So be a sponge, like write down notes. Even if it's like PR talking about a press release, I would write it down and I would try and learn about it. And I think that that's really key for someone because having that baseline structure, being interested in all of marketing makes you a better ops person. And then there's a lot of great things that you can find online, like certifications and different tools like HubSpot, Marketo also Salesforce Trailhead, which is readily available for people to just learn. And I would definitely suggest investing some time into yourself and getting some of those certifications. Also, Lean Data also has a great certification that they offer. And it's one of the things that we actually get most of our team to do. So if you get more advanced, look for different ways that you can build in some of that self-learning, or maybe ask your company if they can support you on that journey. We, we carve that out for people on our team at CS2.
0: I think that given the role and the the context switching you have to do, the the scope of the different projects you work on, you kind of do have to have the spirit of constant learning, I would think, throughout your career in this role, because it's it's a role that does keep you on your toes.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's something that we say at CS2, like continuous learning. It's part of our culture. We have... We're always like sharing with each other. We do a session called Caffeine and Brains every Friday where we all like individual like present different things. We have different learning tracks and we always have to stay up to date. It moves too fast, Rachel. Like we have to stay up That's- to it and we're doing our best. But also for you, most people who feel a bit overwhelmed. You can, like, if there's anything like I could saying, like, focus on different areas. Maybe it's the customer experience. Maybe it is figuring out a way that you can, like, be more, you know, product-minded and really provide a method to your team. That's just as important as being, a, you know, a work auto expert or something like that. Yeah, totally.
0: Well, one final question. Who in the world of operations would you most like to take for lunch? So as you think about who you want to learn from or spend time with? Who might that be?
1: This is a hard question. There's a few people that stand out to me. I think one that just like came to my head, there is a head of RevOps at uh, HubSpot. I've got to meet her briefly, but Allison Ellsworthy, and she's great. And she's a mom of three as well. And I always just think like, wow, how do you do that? (laughs) And I think HubSpot has a really great team and thinking about the operations team Scott Brinker also comes to mind he's amazing I love all of his methodologies Um, and I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I've met a lot of these people and I get to learn from them too and so I think that that's rewarding in itself but this space um, but yeah those two people come to mind
0: great thank you we appreciate what you're doing on your podcast. And so folks should subscribe to it. And I'm I really have listened to quite a few episodes. And you do help everybody kind of keep up to date on what's going on. Because I agree, it's very fast moving. I mean, we here we facilitate an expert hours and bring folks together in and around op stars, because we had to support each other. And having the mindset that yeah, if if I have a question on something, there's probably somebody out there that can guide me. But definitely, I think you do a great job in, in bringing sort of these you know key areas that Mops needs to focus on in your your podcast, and it is forward thinking, which is FWD colon thinking. We want to go subscribe. So no, and thank yeah. you for that and for contributing to overall the operations and giving back. I think it's such an exciting time in in operations, so it's fun to be a part of it. Oh, no, and, and thanks for being on today. You've made a really strong case for marketing ops and being that. In that prime position to play the pivotal role in navigating and leading an organization to the path of, let would say, customer centricity or the customer journey, um, being able to drive the change, bring that cross-functional alignment, and and of course, if you're empowered to do so, so sort of making sure you've got that executive sponsorship, I and mean, that's that's all really great advice. So, thanks, Chrissy, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. This is fun. The OpStars Podcast is brought to you by Lean Data. To find out more about us and our suite of Salesforce Native products for marketing, sales, and revenue operations, head to leandata.com. And then make sure to search for OpStars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at OpStars and Lean Data, thanks for listening.